going on, family? Happy Monday. Welcome to another edition of The Faction Quick Hits. I'm your man, GB Gerard Bonner, and I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you've had an absolutely amazing weekend as we are barreling into the holidays. Christmas, of course, is just 12 days away. Holidays are coming. The new year is coming, and we're getting ready. I'll just tell you now for our end of the year conversations. Let me just tell you, we've got some super cool things planned. So if you're not already doing it, make sure you're following us on the socials at The Faction Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Specifically Instagram, because we're gonna be sharing some things in our stories. We might even do it on Facebook as well, uh, in our stories that will really pertain to the end of the year review. So make sure you are paying attention and that you're logged in to Instagram and Facebook on those days because it's going to be amazing. Speaking of that, thanks for those who are currently following. Thanks to all of you who are subscribed to our podcasts on Google, on Apple, on Spotify. It means the absolute world. And do me a favor, tell your friends and loved ones about it as well because it's really cool, the things that are happening there. Okay, so let's dig into what was a big weekend in the world of pro wrestling. Yes, we are gonna talk about Ring of Honor final battle. That's for certain. But before that, I wanna talk about some things that happened on SmackDown this week. And then there's an internal conversation that's brewing that I think we should talk about. So of course, SmackDown this week emanating from Los Angeles, the Staples Center, the same place where the debut episode of SmackDown on Fox took place some two years ago when Brock Lesnar would defeat Kofi Kingston for the WWE Championship in less than 10 seconds. With that said, Brock Lesnar would make a return and seemingly now have some degree of relationship with Paul Heyman as Heyman said a few things that really triggered the beast and all of a sudden the beast was unleashed. Roman Reigns not on the show, but what I did think was interesting was mysteriously there was this poll that pops up on Twitter from WWE, trying to determine who is the best tag team currently in WWE. Is it your Raw tag team champions of RK Bro? Is it your SmackDown tag team champions of the Usos? Or is it the Usos number one contender, The New Day, who has 11 tag team title reigns, including the longest tag title reign in WWE history at 483 days. Oh, and by the way, they would have a triple threat match at the end of the night to determine that. So in my mind, I'm going, this kind of came out of nowhere, right? Like, why do we have a Raw tag team on SmackDown? Forgive me, uh, you know, continuity kind of matters to me. But the Raw Tag Champions at that, the SmackDown Tag Champions, and the New Day, this is a pretty significant moment that really had no promotion, that really had no advertising or no warning. It just kind of happened. Another one of those weird moments within the world of WWE. Even more interesting is that the New Day wins the match even though they lost the poll. The New Day only got 24% of the Twitter vote. Meanwhile, they won the match and they pinned the SmackDown Tag Champions. So, interesting developments. What this means, I don't know, but I do believe that there is a tag team title match on day one, beginning January the 1st, the new pay-per-view for WWE happening here in Atlanta between the New Day and the Usos. Let me just also say this. I think the timing of day one and the introduction of day one 
is really, really interesting. Now, some will say that the WWE, particularly Nick Khan, will say that the WWE does not pay attention to what other people do. They don't pay attention to All Elite or New Japan or Impact or anybody else for that matter. They do things on their own. Yet all of a sudden, for the first time ever, there is a pay-per-view on New Year's Day, which just happens to be three days before what is traditionally the first wrestling pay-per-view of the year, that of course being Wrestle Kingdom in New Japan, which by the way is moving to a three-day event in 2022. Is it coincidence? Maybe, maybe not. According to Nick Khan, the day one pay-per-view is a result of many sporting events happening on New Year's Day. Lots of college bowls, etc., etc. And his thought was that since in Atlanta, there's going to be a major bowl happening the night before New Year's Eve, then there will be people who will likely look for something to do on Saturday and the thing to do could be day one. We'll see if that happens, but I do think it's very interesting that once again, New Japan Pro Wrestling impacts and influences the WWE. It was New Japan who took their massive Wrestle Kingdom event to a two-day event, and then literally two months later, the WWE does the same thing. So, interesting. Very, very interesting interesting all right that's on the wwe side on the aew side we had rampage this week and really the big news coming out of rampage is the debut of hook hook the son of taz made his aew in-ring debut this past friday night taking on fuego del sol and quite frankly it was a masterpiece Everything from his entrance and entrance music, his don't care attitude, which was very 2021 version of his father, Taz. Of course, Taz didn't really care about much. Showcased that when he would walk into the ring. Speaking of Taz, Taz actually calling his son's AEW debut match pretty impressive. And he looked incredible in the ring. And I do mean incredible. So let me just say this because it's only the right thing to do. I'm honored to say that before Hook ever had a match in AEW, I had the privilege of calling two or three Hook matches at the Nightmare Factory earlier this year. Really excited that we were able to do that. And they haven't made those matches public as of yet, though if they do, perhaps I'll share them. I'm not sure that they will, given, of course, Hook's current debut, but it was a real honor to do that. And it's amazing to watch how he has progressed from that point to what we saw this past Friday night. So salute to Hook, salute to AEW. I thought it was an absolutely brilliant presentation i loved the theme music i even loved where they did this to do this in long island and of course it's kind of the hometown crowd since he's from brooklyn like all of these things just work together so very well and quite frankly i think hook is an amazing addition to team taz in terms of in ring he's got incredible promise and uh, who knows where this is going to go I think AEW will handle this extremely well. Congratulations to AEW. Congratulations, of course, to Hook. I think this is such a massive, massive move. All right, with that said, the other big event that took place this weekend, of course, 
is Final Battle, the final pay-per-view in this era of Ring of Honor. We're going to tell you all about that pay-per-view, some of the surprises, and ask a few questions when we return. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. So what are you doing? Well, you know, I gotta plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm going to start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were going to start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content. But then I started to see all the things that he was doing. It was starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were gonna be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perception's reality. How did we get on Southern Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm gonna do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me, if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen to the idea? And we're gonna pack 1,000 people! I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. How about that? The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor, and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever gonna happen here. Lord, a few minutes later. It was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year is going to be mine. COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. So many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there's a been. All right, guys, we've been talking about this news ever since the news broke. That news being that Ring of Honor would cease operations following their final battle pay-per-view. And there's been a lot of questions about it, right? Like, what's going to happen with Ring of Honor? Ring of Honor last said that they look to resume business in April with their Supercard of Honor, which happens during WrestleMania weekend. They're looking at that point to bring Ring of Honor back, a new reimagined product that is more fan friendly etc i've had a lot of questions about that particularly why in the world is this necessary the product and the content hasn't been the issue for ring of honor it's been the distribution of said product that's been the real issue but the question is after you have released all of your superstars who's coming back for the supercard of honor well, we may get an idea of that as we look at the results from Final Battle, which took place this past Saturday night at the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Arena in their home city of Baltimore, Maryland. And here's how it went down, just going through some of these results. You've got new six-man tag champions as The Righteous, which is the team of Vincent, 
Bateman, and Dutch defeated Shane Taylor Promotions, which was the team of O'Shea Edwards and the Soldiers of Savagery. The Allure, which was Angelina Love and Mandy Leone, along with Miranda Elise, defeated The Hex and Chelsea Green. I'm going to talk about that match in just a little bit. From there, you have Flip Gordon, PJ Black, The Bouncers, and world-famous CB, defeating Demonic Flamita, LSG, Sledge, Will Ferrara, and Max the Impaler in a 10-man tag. Dragon Lee defeats Ray Oris. Rhett Titus wins his first singles title in a ring of honor as he's the new world television champion, defeating Dalton Castle. The ROH Pure Champion Josh Woods defeats Brian Johnson. Shane Taylor defeats Kenny King in a huge fight without honor. The ROH Women's World Champion Roxy defeated Willow. Violence Unlimited and Rocky Romero defeated EC3, Tracy Williams, Eli Isom, and Taylor Rust. In the co-main event, the Briscoes regain the World Tag Team Championships by defeating the OGK, making them 12-time champions. Last but not least, Jonathan Gresham defeats Jay Lethal to win the original Ring of Honor World Championship belt. There's a lot of things to talk about. First of all, Jay Lethal ends up on this card because two days before final battle, the Ring of Honor world champion Bandito contracts COVID-19. Naturally, that means he can't show up. And as I'm just thinking about it, I'm just like, how many more obstacles does Ring of Honor have to endure? All of a sudden, their world champion in the co-main event gets COVID. Who would fill the bill? Well, the face of Ring of Honor, Jay Lethal. And if you're doing your math, you remember Jay Lethal debuted on AEW about a month ago at this point. And from there, he's been signed to AEW. In fact, he was on AEW earlier this week, involved in the Battle Royal for the Diamond Ring. Now Jay Lethal shows up in Ring of Honor to really fulfill his last bit of obligation, which was more of a favor than anything else. Losing to Jonathan Gresham, Gresham becomes the Ring of Honor World Champion or is he, right? And the or is he in my mind is if the original champion did not lose the match, then can he really be the champion? So in my mind, I see an immediate matchup that can happen should Ring of Honor resume, that being who's the real world champion, Bandito or Jonathan Gresham. In addition to that, and I'm coming back to the Jonathan Gresham piece in just a minute. So we saw some interesting things here. And one of the interesting things that I saw was the presence of people from All Elite and the presence of people from the NWA in this Ring of Honor pay-per-view. So case in point, the NWA Women's World Tag Team Champions, the Hex, Allison Kay and Marty Bell, participated in this pay-per-view. We also saw Impact Wrestling represented here as Deanna Perrazzo, who is the number one contender to the Knockouts Championship, showed up as well to confront the Ring of Honor Women's World Champion. Interesting there. In the tag team situation of the Briscoes, following that, they were confronted by AEW standouts FTR, which the idea of FTR versus the Briscoes is a dream match. 
but would it happen in Ring of Honor since we're not going to see anything from Ring of Honor for the next four months? Or will that perhaps be a path into the forbidden door that is AEW? Speaking of that, the Briscoes winning the tag team championships, I think, is very interesting as well. Let's also go back to this other piece in terms of shocking moments. Rocky Romero representing New Japan Pro Wrestling is present, as is Brody King and Chris Dickinson, who are a part of the New Japan Strong Crew or New Japan of America. So there's that. Perhaps the big shocker on top of FTR showing up is the debut of Adam Shear, formerly known as Braun Strowman, also known as the Titan, shows up to help EC3 following EC3's match and loss in an eight-person tag. So this is pretty much very, very interesting to me that Adam Shear, formerly known as Braun Strowman, would show up in Ring of Honor. Let me start by saying this. Adam Shear made a comment to Sean Ross Sapp on Twitter. When Sean Ross Sapp posted, holy cow, Braun Strowman is in Ring of Honor, to which he responded, my name is Adam. I will tell you that I thought that that was um, petty and defensive. And here's the reason why I say that. The world knows you as Braun Strowman. So if they don't call you by your first name, the fact that they even recognize you should be a good thing. But we're learning more about Adam Shear, who is a different kind of cat. Be that as it may, Adam Shear shows up in Ring of Honor. But again, what does that mean if Ring of Honor is going away or if they're going to be gone for another three to four months? So then now we get to the question of what did this entire pay-per-view actually mean? I won't say it meant nothing. I think it meant a lot. I think it meant a lot in terms of honoring Ring of Honor, honoring what they have done for the last 20 years in our business, honoring the fact that they have brought us some of the most significant wrestling names in history. And oh, by the way, CM Punk sent a video tribute, which I thought is significant given all that CM Punk has contributed to Ring of Honor and vice versa. So understanding all of that, where do we go from here for Ring of Honor? All of their contracted talent has been freed or released to their contract and encouraged to go find work elsewhere. What does this new product look like in three to four months? Well, we don't know what the new product looks like. It's obvious that they're going to attempt to do something different than what they've currently done. My opinion is this, where Ring of Honor missed the boat is that Ring of Honor did not get a national cable television deal. Yes, they're owned by Sinclair Broadcasting, who has, of course, a built-in syndicated system. However, and comma, wrestling fans aren't watching wrestling via syndication anymore. There has to be one central time and date that people can find you. And that, I think, has always been the Achilles heel of Ring of Honor. Not that they're doing bad work. In fact, their production has significantly improved over the last year. Their entering content was always great, but if nobody can see it, 
then how do we even know it's happening? It's the classic case of if a tree falls in the forest and there's nobody to hear it, is there sound? Well, of course there's sound, but who authenticates the sound? So who authenticates the content that Ring of Honor is bringing us if nobody can find them on TV? They're going to have to fix that problem, distribution and availability, more than anything else. But you've got a whole new situation if you are getting rid of all of your in-ring content. And it's not just that. The announcers, the commentators, everybody's contracts have been released. So who's commentating for Ring of Honor come April? And is it even something that people would want to do, given the fact that we don't know what the new product is? Is Adam Shear, a.k.a. the Titan, formerly known as Braun Strowman, an indicator of what the new Ring of Honor is going to be in April? And we're saying April, but is three months enough time to reimagine this product? Is four months, is five months enough time? If you're looking to bring about a show, Supercard of Honor, during WrestleMania weekend, which is the entire situation we ask ourselves, what drums up interest in this card? Is it going to be another TV situation? Is it just going to be spot dates with an events-based situation? What's going to happen? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I'll tell you this. I don't know that I'm interested in Ring of Honor with Adam Shear. However, have you locked in people like Jonathan Gresham, who is your new world champion? Have you locked in, you know, the potential for the Briscoes, who are the tag champions? Have you locked in, you know, your women's champion and your six-man tag champions? Like, have you locked them in so that there's at least some guarantee of somebody returning? I don't know. So there are a lot more questions than answers. If this indeed was the end of Ring of Honor then I want to salute Ring of Honor for what it has brought to us for the last 16, 17 years. I want to salute them for providing a true, pure wrestling alternative to what we've seen from WWE or Impact or any other company. I want to thank them for their longtime collaboration with New Japan Pro Wrestling. A lot of us may have been introduced to some of the stars of New Japan by watching Ring of Honor. Right, like there's been a lot of good that Ring of Honor has brought us. They were the home, of course, for Brian Danielson and Seth Rollins and CM Punk and Samoa Joe and so many other incredible wrestlers who didn't just cut their teeth there, but that became world champions in a space that actually cared about the sport of pro wrestling. I hate that we never got to see Ring of Honor on the big stage. I hate that we never got to see Ring of Honor in that big cable TV spot, which could have brought more eyes to the product. I hate that they didn't become a legit third contender to WWE or now AEW. I I, I just hate that for them. I think for all that they contributed, they at least deserved a spot on cable television. And it just makes me wonder who there didn't make the right decisions because they should have been all elite before all elite was all elite. All of the building blocks happened at Ring of Honor. In fact, if all in doesn't happen 
we don't get AEW. But All In happened on Ring of Honor's pay-per-view stream. It happened using Ring of Honor's production crew. It happened with Ring of Honor's ring. It happened with contracted Ring of Honor wrestlers who happened to, by the way, be Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks. Yeah, that whole crew. So there's a great debt of honor that the sport of pro wrestling owes to Ring of Honor. Will they ever receive it? I don't know. And I just never thought in a million years that we would end 2021 with the disillusion and the dissolving of Ring of Honor. Kind of blows me away, to say the least. So with that said, I want to get your thoughts on Ring of Honor's final battle and the impact of Ring of Honor as a promotion. Let us know, of course, on the socials. Stay connected to us on the socials. We've got some really cool things regarding the end of the year coming that we want and need your input on. So be on the lookout for that. Your voice will absolutely be heard, and we'll tell you more about that very, very soon. All right, guys, remember tonight is Monday Night Raw, a full week of pro wrestling happening this week as we're gearing up for the holidays and as we're barreling in to the brand new year. Until next time, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray. My name is Gerard Bonner, and this is The Faction. <laughs>